The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The text line instead, questions for Councillor Knack, uh, Ward 1, right, uh, Andrew? Yes, that's yeah. right. Uh, how about this? Not really a question, more of a statement, Okay, but I don't want to edit. Uh, show some effort not to raise taxes. It's not that hard. Stop making stupid decisions. It's easy to tax and spend. True leaders don't pick our pockets. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think I always find it interesting when we talk about taxes and and how there's sort of an assumption that if you're depending on the party or where you lean, that some people are okay with uh, raising taxes. I don't think anyone wants. I don't want my taxes to go up. I don't think anyone. Because you wants you their do taxes pay taxes as a city council. I pay yeah, property okay. taxes. Can you, can you prove that? Can we I see your? Absolutely, <laughs> I'll right. get that to you. Um, but I but I do think it's important that you know we don't want to sacrifice infrastructure as an example. We want to make sure we continue to improve our roads. We want to make sure we're building rec centers, uh, and these are very expensive items that cost a lot. Particularly things like a rec center or a police station or fire hall. So it's not just the cost of building it, it's the cost to operate it and staff it. Those are expensive things. So uh, I I wish it were easy. I I, I really do wish it were easy. You know, I think most people would argue that you're absolutely correct that we need to maintain infrastructure and we've seen in this province what happens when you don't right you have to play catch up and it's hard on everybody but i think most people would argue that we'd like to see the inefficiencies in building those items addressed and we'd like to see the inefficiencies in carrying out those uh in maintaining those uh those things addressed as well because everyone has the impression myself honestly included Mm -hmm. that there's inefficiencies to be found in city absolutely and so one thing i don't think we've communicated very well is about a year ago we started our program and service level review. So this is the first time in 20 years that the city is doing a full review of every single business area within the city, every single service area in the city. So we are going through them in detail. And this is a long process because we're going through every one. So we're maybe going to get through half of them this year and maybe the other half in 2019 where we're going in and asking these questions and saying, is this a service we should still be providing? If so, to what level can we lessen it? Do, or, in fact, through the review, do we need to increase it in certain areas? But this is the first time in that 20-year history, that, or wow. in 20 years, that we're doing this external <laughs> is, review. is there a culture problem among city staff? And I, and I ask because I'm thinking about the story of the plaques on the park benches being pried off and mm-hmm. uh, you know people who thought that they had paid for a lifetime of this plaque yeah. suddenly were told they had to pay money. There's a more recent story about a... Uh, a fellow who wants to bury his mom in a plot and he's being told by the city that he has to get hold of every descendant of his grandfather's mm-hmm. uh, to get permission because the grandfather failed to, to transfer title to the mom. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, on the surface, it doesn't really even pass a laugh test. But I'm sure if you went through the, the fine print of whatever bylaws covered by that, the city's probably right. Mm-hmm. But it's not right to do it that way. So is there a culture problem? In most areas throughout the city, absolutely not. Uh, There are pockets still. Our city manager, who has been in place now for a couple of years, when she came on, she brought forward the idea of servant leadership, which is not uncommon. That's a a common idea in in other worlds, if you will, but uh, in in the business world in different spots. But uh, sort of a new notion for uh, the city of Edmonton. And that idea is that sort of the first goal, the first thing we do is we're here to serve Edmontonians. And you put it, you make every decision based off that lens and you're not so rigid that when you're looking at a policy that you're following it 
it's always black and black or white. <laughs> you have to sometimes use that uh, discretion. You have to be willing to do that. I mean, even take the, the bench piece as an example. Yeah, I mean, when we talk about it, everyone says, how did that even come to be? Mm-hmm. But when you, if you think back, I'm sure what likely happened is the person saw that it costs a lot to maintain those benches. We saw the cost. It's $1,500 to $3,000 every three years. And so they likely said, wow, we need to find a way, speaking of trying to find ways to reduce uh, increasing taxes, we need to find a way to address that. Now, where the issue came is that what should have happened is we should have said, going forward from here on, every bench is going to cost X amount to cover the cost. There shouldn't have been that retroactive piece, but I'm guessing that individual likely went through this and didn't you know, that was the part they did, didn't really think through and think through all the implications. And further impacted by uh, some of these plaques being replaced by a commercial mm-hmm. to buy a plaque. I yeah. mean, that was just insult to <laughs> it's injury. a little, little heartless. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, I, I, I imagine, and so talking about the culture piece, I think generally we started to see that shift within the city of Edmonton, but there's, you know, almost 14,000 people that work within the city of Edmonton. Some are more responsive to change than others. Some are more willing to adapt to that notion of servant, servant leader uh, others may say, well, I've done this the same way for years and years and years. Why should I change? It's it's worked for me. So some of this will change through matrician then over the years? Uh, and I mean, some of that will, but I, I think, you know, she's been on serving in this role for a while now. And I think we do come to the point that after a couple of years of trying to, to bring forward this culture shift, you do have to reach a point where if some people haven't bought in, you maybe have to have those tough conversations of saying, if you haven't bought in, is this the right place yeah. for you to still be? Andrew, rule number one. Don't be, Don't a, be a dink. <laughs> uh, talking about uh, adapting to change, Tom wants to uh, ask, why can't we implement the zipper merge? <laughs> <laughs> Councillor Knack. I finally bought into it. Andrew has finally bought I into have. it. And I think that I think the city could do a better job in educating its residents on the zipper merge. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think that's uh, it's still everyone's so hard to going back to your rule that you just said. Everyone worries that if they if they do that, they'll be seen as somebody who's being a jerk. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think we have to get through that notion of saying actually this is not the this is not being a jerk. This is for the best movement of traffic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think better education is certainly part of it, and I think we can work on that piece. Let's take a quick break here at uh, 3:44. By the way, congratulations to Kathy McKay who won those tickets to Chicago. Chicago. Another pair tomorrow. Same time, same idea. Uh, let's talk uh, cannabis Excellent. when we come back on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. We've been uh, sitting down and talking with Ward 1 Councillor Andrew Knack. We said before the break, uh, that we wanted to talk about cannabis. So, uh, you know, I don't know that uh, we often get accused uh, when you work in media of having some master which tells us how to deal with uh, any specific question. Of course, it isn't true. But I've noticed that all counselors with regard to cannabis have uh, resisted the uh, idea that you walked back your decision. It, <laughs> it looked like you'd made a decision, then you walked it back. Um, but all counselors have said, no, 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 we're just, you know, it's further study or whatever. What happened with the decision that 
that you didn't walk they, back. They walked back. Well, I mean, I think I think you can call it that because essentially what we did is we rescinded the third reading. So instead of making it absolutely final, we did say let's rescind it to. So we've approved our second reading, which still allows us to potentially make changes. And and specifically, the intent um, of the motion to rescind that was to engage around the smoking aspect of tobacco, not so much the the cannabis side. Now. We could still make changes come this September 12th meeting, uh, but there was really a focus and a, and, a, and a highlight of what do you do in these high volume, high traffic areas like White Avenue and in and Jasper Avenue um, with regards to smoking of tobacco if you uh, increase the range from 5 meters to 10 meters. But it turns out despite being smokers, uh, they were quite vocal when that came out. They had a lot of energy. Why are you looking at other municipalities and what they're doing? Because municipality after municipality seems to be banning cannabis in public, period. Uh, and most saying that saying it's that easier. This is where we're going to start. Yeah, we're going to mm-hmm. start here. It's easier to, easier to relax the rules than it is to rein them back in. So, I mean, where do you stand on it? And where do you think council is going to go with it? You know, the feedback I've generally been hearing is, is similar, which is that people want us to start off more conservative in this and then loosen the rules after you get an opportunity to review it. You know, after you see how edibles will be implemented, all of that. Um, we're not all the way to the edge of a complete prohibition like some cities. I think St. Albert just recently mm-hmm. did they that. Did, yeah, Red Deer um, as well. I don't think we're going to go all the way there, but I do think we're going to start out fairly fairly strict, which is why you're seeing that that conversation around not allowing it at parks where there's going to be children's play equipment, and that, that eliminates a lot of opportunities. Well, it is funny how the conversation changed in that, because I was sort of following along uh, like karaoke. It was... Uh, we were going to have the most liberal cannabis laws, and then it's it's gone to well, you know, maybe <laughs> like, we should. What <laughs> just happened? Yeah, exactly. Uh, maybe we should have some of the most restrictive. I mean, I, as just one citizen, I'll tell you that I really favor the idea of let's start strict and and loosen up. That's again the feedback I've been hearing generally has very much aired on the say go start off conservative, work your way, work your way forward. Yeah, not after see how it rolls out. So yeah. just after that happened it wasn't a survey kind of didn't a survey go up online at edmonton.ca are, are you going to be looking at those results on on september 12th we will we'll have the results of the edmonton insight community okay. survey as well because it's it is going to ask some of those questions or it was asking some of those questions and we want to get the additional feedback but i'll say since the since we rescinded the the third reading of that bylaw Almost all of the correspondence, I think less two emails, have been from people saying, stay the course at least or really? go more strict. There are, yeah, the, yeah. the feedback has very much been heavily in favor of, of, of more restricted use, uh, both for cannabis and, and interestingly, of tobacco too. Yeah, it's, it's and I, Andrew and I have both been talking about mm. this, and the, and the more the communities in like St. Albert and Red Deer are doing this, we're, we're both kind of on board thinking I am for sure. that it's, you know, maybe a good, really good place to start. Yeah. I mean, let's see, let's just see how it rolls out and let's see how it works, you know, with with really good rules about it, right? I I think most people who use cannabis now, because I'm not of the opinion that suddenly everybody's going to be smoking. I'm not. Mm -hmm. So nothing's changed. But I think most people who wanted legalized marijuana wanted to be able to smoke a joint in their backyard without fear of arrest or charge right so just let's start there and then and then we'll you know we'll deal with festivals down the road and special dispensations and that kind of thing Uh, before we uh, lose you because this hour has gone by two uh, comments I'm going to read them both to you from our texting line because they're both on the same topic you talked about infrastructure not letting it get away on you 
this texter, not sacrificing infrastructure, question mark. Uh, maybe you tried getting, maybe if you tried getting things right the first time, you could spend tax money more prudently. I'm referring specifically to things like 111th Avenue being ripped up today at exactly the same place that it was ripped up last year. That from Doreen. And this one, you could have savings by not paying to have every fire hall, rec center, school, um, pay millions to have individual architectural designs, Costco, McDonald's, uh, Pizza Hut. They all have a basic design and make minor adaptations based more on changes to fit equipment. That from Alan. So I can, yeah, comment on both. So one with the roads, oftentimes if you see a road being redone a year or two after it was done, it's uh, likely covered under warranty, which means that the work that was done was not up to city standard, and thereby we're requiring the contractor that we paid to go back at their cost to redo it. I can't say with absolute certainty mm-hmm. that's what's there, but nine times, I would probably say 99 times out of 100, uh, it's warranty work because we have at least a two-year warranty on a lot of road work. Uh, on the other piece, which I just drew a blank and was... Uh, what was It was that? about using the same design oh, for things perfect, like fire yes. halls, rec centers, yeah. So typically the architectural um, piece to, to sort of have a more beautiful structure uh, adds maybe 1% to the entire cost. So even even like the Lewis Farms Rec Center, which we've been talking about, and, and uh, I know there's a huge desire to see that, um, you're ta- probably talking in the order of magnitude of about $2 million which is still not an insignificant amount, but when you compare it to a $4 billion budget or a $3 billion operating budget, um, that wouldn't make a huge, huge shift. And I, I've started to change a little bit on my thinking. I live across from the Jasper Place Library right across the street, and, and I remember seeing the original design, and I thought, wow, that looks ugly. And <laughs> now I've lived there for almost a decade with it, and you start to see, and you're like, you know, it's nice to have something unique in your neighborhood. You think about your home, you want to, you don't want to have the exact same home as everyone else. You don't want to have that. This True. library serves as a community hub. The future rec centers can so- serve as that community hub and that gathering point. And have some, having something that looks nice as well as is functional isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, you don't want to get carried away and spend 10 or 15% mm-hmm. of your budget on architecture and fancy design, um, but to spend a little bit up front to have something that, that can stand the test of time and really add mm-hmm. to the overall value of the neighborhood, well, I think it's worth that I'm this close to liking the Talos Balls. This close. Thank you, Talos Dome. <laughs> Dome, sorry. Oh, I've, yeah. I've liked them since the beginning, but here's the thing. I remember... And I think I was working in television at the time, and I don't know which games it was that came through here, and some guy blew into town, some journalist from somewhere blew into town and wrote an article about how ugly Edmonton was. Mm -hmm. And it was just a bunch of box stores and a bunch of concrete, you know, flat buildings, blah, 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 and all of us got right ticked off. And you Mm -hmm. know what? So that's, in part, part of the reason why, you know, you try to add a little bit of something. Although you don't like the big boot outside of Southgate. I think the big boot creeps me out. Freaks like her out for some the reason. Of Oz. I like this one. If Mr. Knack ran for mayor, I'd vote for him. A breath of fresh air and a voice of reason. Sounds like he actually listens to the people. That's uh, Mick the OG. Um, well, that guy's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What's your plans next? I got three more years of this job okay. to worry about. So I, yeah, that's has it a, just only been three years? Well, it's only been one year on the new term. So oh, has it only more, been one year on the new so term? i got so many things to oh do. Gosh. Goodness, that's a... So what are your plans? What are your priorities right now? I mean, we're getting ready to go into budget. And, and I do think, you know, this is a time where we want to try and see a bit more, uh, see that tax number come lower. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're going to be zero. You know, I campaigned on the idea of in 2019 of seeing if we could be at an inflation. Try to sort of swing that pendulum back a bit, but not, again, sad 
sacrificing on infrastructure. So the focus is let's make sure we still have a really good budget that uh, is a little more, uh, shows a little more restraint, but doesn't give up on doing what we need to do to continue to build out the city. That it, we're growing still very quickly. There's a lot of new neighborhoods without infrastructure mm-hmm. that need it. So <laughs> that's that's probably the big focus over the next couple of months here. And I hope people get involved and, and share their priorities with their councillors around what they want to see. We didn't get to all our texts. We've run out of time, but there's several people making suggestions about how to save money. And I want to ask you one last question. When yes. I worked for Algoma Steel in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, and that's your old stomping grounds as well, they came up with a program for their staff and they had 16,000 employees that if you can document... If <laughs> at you can, one point. <laughs> yeah, that one point. If you can save us money and document how you save the money, we'll split the savings with you for mm-hmm. one year. And people were walking away with $7,500,000 checks for having found waste. Does the city have anything like that? Would it benefit the city to have something like that where you encourage people within departments to point out where the waste is? So that program and service level review, along with being an external review, is also internal, and we're having those conversations with all of the the frontline staff who would hopefully have that as to whether you want to provide a financial reward. I don't think we're doing that right now. but there'd be some serious pushback to that, but I swear that's a great idea because it's the incentive, right? And we need to have those conversations because the people who are working on, uh, you know, every single day they see that each and every day they have great ideas and so I'm glad we're engaging them as part of the process. Councillor Andrew Knack, Ward 1, Councillor joining us in studio for the past hour. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. My pleasure. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.